children are safe in your arms there is none like you there is none like you no one else can touch my for all eternity long and find there is none like you your mercy flows like a river wide and healing comes from
God ever get more, ever get more of our people in the church to get that realization that that's the reason why we're here, is to worship Him. That's the whole point of being here. We were created, amen, uh, to give Him worship and praise. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord tonight. We appreciate everyone that has um, come out to be with us. Uh, we welcome those that are watching by means of uh, the live stream. And uh, we are here on the very last uh, day of uh, the month of May. I mean, think about it. Here we are at the beginning of June already. You know what it means? The year is half gone. Amen. Uh, Lord of mercy, just passed so fast, but uh, we're thankful uh, uh, for being back. We had uh, 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 a good time up in uh, Louisville at the AWCF conference, and we're thankful for those uh, there and those that put on that uh, uh, hard work to do that. It was really, really great. And I will, while I'm thinking about that, we've got our... Uh, ABC conference coming up uh, in the month of July, uh, and that will be on the 16th, 17th, and 18th uh, of July, and that's going to coincide with the uh, the youth camp that week. Uh, the senior camp is going to happen in the month of June, uh, the uh, the week uh, beginning the 11th, um, and uh, going through that uh, that week and. Uh, so there, we're going to we're getting into a lot of things that are happening, and uh, we ha you got a lot of opportunities to be in meetings and services some somewhere in the house of God, which gives us what we need for today. The Bible says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourself together, and even so much the more as you see the day approaching." And uh, if you can't look on what's going on in the world right now and can't see the day of Christ coming back again, approaching, you're like what my daddy used to say. He said, you're blind in one eye and can't see out of the other. Hallelujah. Amen. We can definitely see the day approaching. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to go to God in prayer right now, and um, I want to mention our first lady in prayer. She's not with us tonight. Uh, it hit her all at once. She is sick. Looks like that the bronchitis has, has hit her bad. She is. She coughed all night long last night, running a low-grade fever, uh, and um, they uh, we took her to uh, to the doctor, and they started her on a Z-pack and some other antibiotics. But uh, uh, <laughs> she got them really going in her system today. And she feels worse tonight, she says, and has. I said, that's typical once those antibiotics get to working in your in your body. But remember in prayer, and um, a little later on, we're going to anoint a prayer cloth to take home uh, to her. Uh, and uh, pray that God will touch her. Sister uh, Kathy Mabry is not with us tonight. We want to uh, remember her in prayer. She's not able to be here having some issues uh, as well, we're going to pray for her. And um, uh, is there anybody else got a prayer request uh, tonight to hear? 
Okay, a, a man that uh, Ronnie works with his sister-in-law uh, wants to remember her in prayer. I mentioned that again so people online can hear what the prayer request is. Sis, do you have a prayer request? Okay, this request is for Sister Wanda. She's not able to be here. She's usually with us. On Wednesday night, she is down in her back. So uh, let's uh, remember her in, in prayer. Uh, <coughs> I got a praise report uh, uh, for myself. Maybe some of you uh, remember uh, about a, uh, a month ago, um, I went in for a, a regular uh, uh, scan that they do over a, uh, a growth that they found on one of my adrenal glands. It's been several years ago, and um, they uh, keep an eye on it and do, a, do another uh, CAT scan every so often to make sure that it's okay. And if you recall, this time uh, uh, in doing that, they picked up a growth on one of my kidneys. And, um, and so uh, my main doctor... Uh, was acted concerned about it, and I said I needed to see, get into a urologist as soon as possible and let them check that out. And that, you know, they said I had uh, two, uh, looked like two stones again in my kidney as well. And uh, so I, I seen the urologist today at um, at one o'clock. And um, uh, but before all this today, if you recall. Uh, everybody in the church uh, uh, prayed for me after I got that report, uh, and uh, the um, uh, the doctor today looked at it and he said, uh, he said, well, he said, uh, he said, I am not feeling that there's really nothing to be concerned about. He said, I think you may just have a, a cyst on your kidney. He said, um, kind of the same thing going on as what's been going on for years on our adrenal gland. He said. Uh, but uh, he said, I'm going to give it about four months and uh, come back and going to do an ultrasound scan on it to uh, make sure. He said, but I'm positive that everything's going to be all right. And he said, those, those two stones that they saw, he said, ain't nothing to be concerned with. They're only two millimeters. Oh, Lord. You know, that uh, I, I, they, can, they probably already passed out by now because, I mean, that's small. What I've been used to going through. So, you know, I just want to give God praise for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, uh, anybody else got a prayer uh, request? Unspoken request by an uplifted hand. All right. Yes, several people do that. And uh, uh, we're going to go to God in prayer. And also, we will ask blessings on the offering. If you've got an offering you're going uh, uh, to give tonight, uh, bring that and greet one another as we do that as well. Let's bow our heads and uh, pray. Father, we come tonight. We thank you, God, for the privilege we have that we can uh, come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy to find help in the time of need. And that's all because of Calvary. 
because the veil of the temple was rent when you died, letting us into the Holy of Holies. We thank you for that, Lord. You heard the prayer request tonight. We bring them before the throne of grace, asking you, God, to heal these needs, touch these that are in need. And we pray also, God, God, for the lost and those that are shut in in the nursing homes and different places. Bless our service here tonight, our teaching. Bless the offering that we receive as well. And everything's accomplished. We will always give you the praise and you the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you tonight as you give. Well, God is good, and all the time, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Um, we are going to um, pick up where we was when we, the last time we were in service, and I have given you a new sheet, because uh, I want to kind of go over what we talked about since we skipped some time uh, because I really feel a strong unction from the Lord that for that we need to get this uh, uh, these things down in our spirit. I'm going to ask Brother Douglas, because I, I made a mistake the last time, if you recall, uh, and uh, 
I had the wrong scripture up on there. And uh, so we're going to, I gave you some new handout on that. While he's doing that, I'm going to try to get something up. Um, that's it right there. Yeah, I got it. Praise the Lord. Spotlight on Scripture. It is Proverbs 1 and 7, not Psalms. Some of y'all couldn't find Psalms 1 and 7 the last time. I don't know why. You ought to if you know your Bible. <laughs> That's like finding Jude chapter 2 and verse 3. Uh, there's only one chapter in Jude, of course. But the spotlight on Scripture uh, is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The whole Scripture says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, it's sad, but there's some people you can't teach. And I have run across a few in my years in the ministry. Uh, even myself, as many years that uh, uh, I've been in this and doing this, I would be getting in a bad shape if I made myself unteachable. We all need to remain, un we all need to remain teachable. Amen, because nobody has the full truth. That's what the Bible says. Nobody has complete, perfect knowledge. Uh, the Bible says we look through a glass darkly. I was foolish myself when I was a young man. I thought I had, I had to agree with everybody on everything or I couldn't have fellowship with them. Or, you know, if they differed from me, then, you know, I, I you know, uh, but the Lord finally woke me up and gave me that scripture. We looked through a glass darkly. And he let me know that nobody sees the full picture right now. We won't know it all until we get there. Praise God. We'll have complete knowledge. Amen. Uh, we, can, we can speculate down here uh, uh, where uh, Cain got his, uh, 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 his wife from, but we'll find that out when we get to heaven, and it ain't going to keep you from going to heaven if you don't know. Uh, <laughs> we can speculate what Paul's thrown in the flesh is. I got my view. Different people got their view, but we'll find out for sure who's right and who's wrong one day, and it don't matter of stuff like that. We should, what I'm trying to say is we shouldn't uh, get all bent out of shape over something that has nothing to do with salvation. Some people believe in a rapture before tribulation. Others don't. Well, you know, I, I have my views, and if you ever sit through my teaching on Revelation, you probably know them, but I don't fall out with somebody that differs with me on that. The reason, and the Lord gave me that revelation a long time ago, that uh, uh, we're human, and any human, all human has uh, faults. Amen. And we and we fail. Praise God. I proved that the last time when I had Psalms one and seven up. So uh, let's let's move on. The spotlight on the scripture here: the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
uh, of knowledge. <coughs> now, what we're focusing on uh, is the fear of the Lord. And if we read, and I'm going to go back over some stuff because it's been so long, but a frequent command given to God's people in the Old Testament is to fear God or fear the Lord. It's important that we understand what that meant under the Old Covenant and what this command means for Christ followers under the New Covenant today. For many people, many people falsely believe that fearing God has no place for the church. A lot of people believe that. And uh, they got some scriptures that they use to back that up, but they twist those scriptures and pull them out of context. But get this, and I've got part of this uh, highlighted in your handout. But only as we truly fear the Lord will we be freed from all destructive and satanic fears. <clears throat> There's a lot of fears out there <clears throat> that the devil uh, has tried to put on us, uh, causing you to fear different kind of things. But if you truly fear God, then you're not going to be subjective uh, uh, sub, uh, to, to these other fears. Uh, the Lord is my God, whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. The Lord is my God. Who, uh, from who shall I be afraid? So that being said, still following in your hand out, what are we talking about when we talk about the fear of God? I've got this in your handout, and I made a uh, slide on the screen here, the fear of God. Now, it means two different things for the unbeliever and the believer. Uh, but the person that's not been born again, not been saved, and those that have been born again, for the unbeliever, what it means to fear God is a fear of judgment and eternal death. Amen. And that's a fear you don't want to have. Amen. That's a fear you don't want to have. And let me say this. If you don't know that you know that you know that you know that if you died tonight before midnight, you would be in heaven. If I didn't know that, if I didn't know that I knew that I know it, I, I, I wouldn't leave here tonight. I'd be falling at that altar, folks. Hallelujah. But I've got assurance through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not saying that I'm perfect, not saying that I made it all the way, but praise God, His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. And as long as I'm trying and making an effort, hallelujah. I preached a message one time that what the grace of God means. It means God takes up your slack. Hallelujah. Amen. When I'm out there pulling for it and I'm doing the best I can, but yet I, I, I still falter and fail, God takes my slack. That's why we need to be happy and shout and rejoice over the grace of God. But now, what the Bible means by fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. For the believer, it means having reverence, standing awe, and respect. That is what it 
means. Now, we talked about last time, I'm not going to go word for word everything because there's some stuff I want to cover tonight. But we talked about last time, when we talk about having respect or fear of God, <coughs> there is the respect of, to the sacred. And if you recall, I told you, for a lot of people, nothing is sacred anymore. Nothing is holy. Uh, and, but to God, in God's view, there are certain things that he has deemed sacred and holy. And if God considers it sacred and holy, we better too. Uh, Leviticus 19 and 8 in your handout. Therefore, everyone that eateth it shall bear his iniquity, because he hath profaned the hallowed thing of the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And if you recall, that had to do with uh, sacrifices that they made back in that day. <coughs> when they sacrificed an animal, uh, they could eat that animal later, but they only had two days to eat it in. If they waited the three days, uh, they couldn't eat it. They would have to burn it completely with fire, do away with it. And God said, if you ate it, then uh, uh, you have uh, you, you, you come against what he considered sacred. So there are things that, the, that God the Father has set aside as sacred and holy. That's on page two of your handout that we covered. And now we're going to talk about some things uh, that God has set aside as sacred and holy. And the first thing is his sanctuary or his house is sacred. Leviticus 19 and 30, Ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Now, that was referring to a literal building that was built and set aside and dedicated for the worship of God. God said, you better not profane my, sac uh, my, my sanctuary. I have set this aside to be holy. Um, and then Second Chronicles 7, 1 and 2, let me read that. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. That was a building. Uh, it was the building that Solomon made and built. And when it was dedicated... To God, the glory of the Lord filled the house, even so much so that the priest couldn't go in and do what they're supposed to do. Man, wouldn't it be fantastic if we come in here sometime and we really get in one mind and one accord and we're not thinking about what's on the outside, we're not thinking about what we're going to do next week or tomorrow, but we really get our minds lost in Jesus and the glory of the Lord gets so thick in here that we can hardly stand it. We may have, we may have to leave. I would love to see that. I definitely, I've been in services where you could see a cloud 
a haze from the glory of the Lord. I've seen that. Uh, I, I, I've been in that. Uh, and it is, it, it, it is great. Um, so, uh, and then we finished up last week by talking about now us today. This building itself is like any other building. But once a place has been dedicated for the worship of the name of God and the declaration of his word, that place becomes a sanctuary and holy unto God. And it needs to be treated as such. Amen. Uh, and, you know, as I said last time, we got a little sign up in the hallway up there, no, no food or drink in, in, uh, in, in the sanctuary. It's a shame you have to put up something like that, uh, really, because uh, people don't, uh, we don't look at nothing as sacred and holy no more. But if a place has been set aside and dedicated, like we did when we moved in this place and we prayed and we dedicated unto God, uh, this is what it should be used for and nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, this is one reason why some places have a hard time getting the knowing of God in their service because they trample over the holiness of God. And I finished up last week before Paul wrote the church in, in Corinth they uh, they were coming in and bringing all kind of foods and having dinners inside, and they thought it was okay because they said, hey, we just eating the Lord's Supper. And they thought because they called it the Lord's Supper, it was all right. And uh, he said, what have you, houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God? Amen. Let's keep this set apart, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. And the way we enter... Uh, <clears throat> means something to God. Uh, uh, how, how, we, uh, uh, how we talk means something when we come in the house, house, house of God. Uh, I really love the way uh, black churches do. Uh, uh, most black, uh, black churches, um, when they come in, they don't start... Um, uh, communicating with one another and talking to one another about this or that. But when they come in, before they talk to anybody, they come straight up front and they kneel and they pray. And they're giving God thanks for being able to be back in his house again. Amen. That's, that's what they do. I told y'all before, I started doing something months ago and I I, I got over here early today because I had that doctor's appointment and I've been here uh, <coughs> uh, studying and, uh, and everything. And, and, and today, or when I come over at any time, I come over uh, 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 to meet a locksmith, which I had to do not long ago. When I get here, before I do anything, I kneel and pray. I say, Lord, I want to thank you for allowing me to come to this facility one more time that you have given us. Because nobody like me knows how it was God who provided this beautiful place. And I thank him every time I come on, I step on these grounds, I thank him. And I remind him, I says, Lord, we have dedicated this place for the worship of your name. 
and the declaration of your word. And by God's help and by God's grace, that's what it's going to always be. We need to recognize things as, as holy. But now let's move on. Number one, the sanctuary, part A. Uh, we today are his sanctuary. Besides just a building where the church has, the building is not the church, but the church comes in that building. We understand that. But each one of us that are spirit-filled, we are the sanctuary of the Lord. And I got a slide for that. You can see it. We are God's temple. Just like the temple Solomon built when he dedicated it to God. And follow me. I, got, I told you before, I got something to me that's very beautiful that I want to bring out tonight. Solomon dedicated it, and when he dedicated it, the glory of the Lord filled the place. We purchased this. We dedicated it. The glory of God meets with us because for as many as two or three come together in his name, he's here, right? Amen. But now, <coughs> during the dispensation of the law of Moses, God chose a city, your handout, page number three, which was Jerusalem, and a particular building, Solomon's temple, to house his name and his presence. Now I don't have <coughs> I don't have time to give you the scriptures, but they're there. And we read, I think, some of them the last time. But God said that temple that Solomon built, he put his name there. That's important. That's important. God said, I'm putting my name there in that temple. And my presence, the Shekinah glory, is going to be there resting on the mercy seat. No hallelujah. So, during the dispensation of law, God chose a city, Jerusalem, in a particular building to house his name and presence. If you lived back in that day, if you lived in Galilee, you had to travel to Jerusalem to the temple to worship. You couldn't just go anywhere you want to go. You you couldn't just say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna buy a little piece of property up here, and we're gonna so people we don't have to travel 25 or 30 miles," because God says, "My presence and my name is right here." In Jerusalem, they they was under requirement to go there. Amen. Um, a lot of church people today would do a whole lot better with the Lord if they uh, wouldn't be so doggone independent. We got, I think, probably America's liberty and what our laws are of the West. We want we want to include too many of them sometimes. In the, in the body of Christ, uh, but we better realize God's got an order that we have to follow <coughs> and some guidelines. 
under the new covenant, the Lord carried things a step further in creating a place for his name and his presence to dwell. Notice the scripture. I got it on the screen. It's in your handout. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? Isaiah 66 and 1. During the time of Isaiah's prophecies, the northern ten tribes was captured and people carried off by Assyria and the southern two tribes would soon be vanquished by Nebuchadnezzar. That had already happened by the time of Isaiah and uh, uh, there was still the two, tri two southern tribes but it wasn't going to be long that Nebuchadnezzar was going to get them which would happen uh, under Jeremiah's prophecy. And the reason for that, God was getting fed up with their idolatrous ways. And their religious ceremonies meant little to God because of their hypocritical ways. I need somebody to look up Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, and read that for us, please. Isaiah chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11, two verses. Listen to this now. Now he is he is writing to Jerusalem, Judah, the southern king, and he's calling them Sodom and Gomorrah. He's referring to them as Sodom and Gomorrah. All right, go ahead and read on. My, my. He said, I've had enough of all this stuff y'all coming to the temple and doing, but when you leave, you're out here worshiping other gods, you're doing everything else my law has commanded you not to do. <coughs> he said, you're no better than Sodom and Gomorrah. So by Isaiah's time, all their religious ceremonies meant very little to God. They wasn't affecting him. They wasn't moving him. We should always be concerned when we come to the house of God. Is God accepting my worship? Is, is God seeing my heart? I'm being humble before him? Think about, think about that. Uh, so, God, back in the first chapter of Isaiah, God is telling them, that he is getting fed up. And by the last chapter of Isaiah, the 66th chapter, the final chapter, God spoke that their sanctuary, <coughs> which they valued so well, 
was not sufficient for his name and glory. God wanted to expand the glory. What in the world, what in the world did God have in mind? What did God want to do to change things from what they was? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 and 20. Let's read that. It's in your handout, and I got it on the screen. Flee fornication. Now, uh, fornication is any kind of sexual immorality. It's any, it, but it, it was. It's mainly sexual relations with somebody that you're not married to. Uh, that's that's the main thing, but it expands uh, to any kind of sexual uh, immorality. And if you go to the end of the New Testament, when God gave a list of those that's going to be cast into the lake of fire, fornicators is one of those. Uh, and so he says here, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Wow. So here again we see, and I brought this up in a study several months ago. Don't get fooled into thinking that, that uh, all sin is the same. Some sins God looks at more heinous than others. Some sins God considers abominations. They are different. So, let's continue our reading. What? A question here. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Look at this. For ye are bought with a price. You people watching online, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm in verse 20. <coughs> I need you to turn there because you need to see this because I'm going to break this down here just in a minute. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Wow. There's two things, our body and our spirit. There is a false view today, believed by more and more people, and this is one thing that the spirit, and I have prayed about this, Lord. I've sought the Lord. And I am obligated as a shepherd, and under Jesus is the chief, chief shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd, but I'm the shepherd. Don't get caught up in this fad thing that's going around that holiness is only on the inside and don't have nothing to do with the outside. That's false. Because we glorify God in our spirit, that's the inside. 
but we also glory God in our body. That's the outside. My body is the outside of my temple. My spirit is on the inside. And going back to this, we are God's temple. God has sanctified his temple and considers it holy. And like I said a few minutes ago, anything God considers holy, we need to do the same thing. Now, I want to read that same scripture in the Passion Translation. And I got it on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 18 and 20 again. Notice this. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality. Remember, <coughs> King James says, flee fornication. All right. Passion translation says, run away from sexual immorality. So that brings out clear what I said. Fornication is any kind of sexual immorality. Um, let's go on. For every sin a person commits is external to the body. But immorality involves sinning against your own body. Understand, there's some things that I can do that I can sin against my body. That's the outward part of my temple. Have you forgotten that your body is now? Look at this. Your body is now the sacred temple of the, of the spirit of holiness? Hey, let me tell you something. Some people, they, they want to talk in tongues like a Chinese phone book. <coughs> and that's, that's fine and well. But do we realize when we were baptized in the spirit that speaking in tongues was not the chief thing? That wasn't the main thing God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Do you know that, that tongues is, has two purposes? Number one, it says building up yourself in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in tongues, you build yourself up in the Spirit. And, you know, that, that ain't got nothing to do with you being in church. You do that at home in your prayer life. You need to pray till you pray through, which is when you pray through is when you quit praying in English and you start praying in the heavenly language. That's when you start building yourself up. But when you're out, there's another reason for tongues. The Bible says tongues is a sign not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. Pastor's teaching you straight doctrine tonight that a lot of Pentecostal churches have gotten away from nowadays. Terms is for a sign, not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. 
It was the unbelievers. Brother Kyle, that it was 3,000 unbelievers on the day of Pentecost that heard the saints in the upper room speaking in tongues that caused those 3,000 folks to get saved. It was a sign to them. Amen. Uh, we forget that sometimes. Let's continue to read. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness? That's your kind of glory that hovered over the mercy seat behind the veil. That's your kind of glory is inside you right now if you've been Holy Ghost filled. It's not no different spirit. There's only one spirit. Amen. Think about that. That was so holy that anybody couldn't go, go behind that veil. It was only the high priest. And he could only go once a year behind the veil. If he went in any time he wanted to, he would fall dead. If he didn't follow procedures, if he, he had to be dressed a certain way to enter that Listen, mm. if he went under there and, and didn't was not clothed in the vestments that God had sacredly ordained him to wear when he entered in, he would fall dead. Does anybody here know enough of the scripture understand I'm telling you the truth, I'm telling you what the Bible says? Amen. Let's continue to read. It's the spirit of holiness inside you who lives in you. You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. Today, under the new covenant, <coughs> this right here is God's sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase. Oh, Lord. You realize what a costly purchase it cost God? Oh. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Help us never forget. This past Monday we realized and we recognized the soldiers who paid the ultimate price for our freedom of this nation. But also, God, help us never forget the expensive price that you paid so we could be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means then, use your what? Body to bring glory to God. Look back to your handout now. I'm crying so much I can't see what I'm doing up here. I'm just feeling the presence of the Lord. I thought I ought to touch it, but I don't. God's desire all along was not to dwell in a temple made by hands. 
but in the sanctuary of his creation. The temple in the Old Testament was built by man. And that was not God's perfect will. That was not God's plan. All along, God had a plan. And that plan was to live in a sanctuary, not that man had built, but a sanctuary that he had built. Oh, hallelujah. Just like God, and this right here, folks, is beautiful. I hope you can get a connection in the Spirit. Just like God placed his name in Jerusalem and his glory or his presence filled the temple of old when Solomon dedicated our bodies have become his temple, his sanctuary, you please. We are dedicated to the Lord God through and by repentance of sins. When you come to God and you repented, it was the same thing as when Solomon stood there and stretched forth his hands and dedicated that building to God. When you repented of your sins, you were dedicating yourself totally to God. I remember so well, I was a kid. I was only seven years old. It was a Sunday night, but I remember like yesterday. And I prayed and I said, Lord, please forgive me. I dedicate my life to you from this day on. And I know what happened, what changed me from that hour to this. Hallelujah to his name. When you repent, you are dedicating yourself to God. Oh, but when you go down in that watery grave to bury the old man, his name is coming on you just like in the Old Testament. God said, I placed my name there. I placed my glory there. I'm telling you, church, you've got something to rejoice about because God has dedicated you his holy place, his sanctuary. Oh, hallelujah. And your name is on him. Everywhere you go, you carry his name. You're a representative of his name. Hallelujah. And for people to say that the way we live or the way that we dress in the world don't matter to God, you are deceived. Time the world. Time the world. Well, let me just put it this way. You can't tell me that you think. Now, I know there may be some might know what, not know what I'm talking about, but this is an old TV program. I know I know Chris up there know what I'm talking about because he, he he likes them Duke boys. You know. <laughs> he likes them Dukes of Hazard. But if you really think, yes, yes, holiness starts on the inside. You can't put holiness on and you can't take it off. It was given to you by God when you were dedicated you received his glory. But that glory inside will work its way out. That whole, I gave you the scripture, you glorify God in your body and your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Getting back to the Lutheran. If you don't think that what we do outwardly don't matter, you can't, 
You can't tell me that you think that a Holy Ghost-filled woman going out in public in a pair of Daisy Dukes is all right with God. Uh, some of you might know what I'm talking about when I say Daisy Dukes. Uh, and, and there are plenty of scriptures in the New Testament telling us how we're supposed to dress modest. Amen? Hallelujah. And modesty goes the same thing for men as well as women. It ain't just all on women. Hallelujah. Uh, but think about this. Pray and, and let, uh, let, uh, let, us, let God give us a spirit of revelation. We glorify God in our spirit and our body. If we are God's sanctuary, I, I, I've got to quit. My time is up. If we are God's sanctuary, a temple to house his presence, and your body houses his presence, we are to keep clean and holy that temple inside and out. The scripture tells us to glorify God in your body, which is outward, and in your spirit, which is inward. So, getting back to the fear of God, the reverence of God, how I conduct myself in the world is important to God. My speech, I cannot go out in the world and let the, and let the world uh, uh, see me getting mad and, uh, and, and cussing like a sailor. I can't afford to go out with a bad attitude, not loving everybody and trying to condemn everybody and all that kind of stuff. Everything. We got to understand that we, we are the, sanctif uh, the sanctuary of the spirit of holiness, the Shekinah. And uh, we're going to talk some more about some other things that God has set aside uh, as holy next, next time. Next week, though, is our prayer time. We'll be praying next week. But as I was, I hope that you got a hold of what the Lord blessed me with tonight. That God, and think about this, and I'm repeating this, and while I'm doing that, I'm going to ask Brother Kyle and Brother Douglas and Ronnie to come up here. <coughs> uh, but man, this just blesses me. God sanctified the temple of Solomon and he put his name there and his presence. And the same thing happens to us through the new birth. If you're baptized in Jesus' name, you are a carrier of his name and his glory presence in you. We're going to anoint a cloth that I can take home to Sister Darlene. Uh, and I, we're going to anoint this here. Everybody here, please help us pray. If you online, help us pray. Let's rebuke this bronchitis that she is so sick with. Father God, we come to you right now. Lord, we know, we know, God, that you are able. Hallelujah. You are healing, God. Bronchitis is nothing with you. Sickness, Lord. 
I am believing that she is going to have relief where she can sleep tonight. I rebuke the symptoms of coughing and all these things in Jesus' name. When she pins this on as a point of contact, you're going to take these prayers. You're going to answer this world right now for your name to get glory. I'm believing she's going to be able to be here Sunday, and there's going to be a testimony for your glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, clap your hands and let's accept it in Jesus' name. (coughs) Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the service. Thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that the days to come, that everybody who uh, comes online and sees the archives of this service will see this lesson. And, Father God, that they'll receive that spirit of revelation of what it means for us to walk sanctified holy to you. Those that are here tonight, I pray that you will keep them safe on the road, protect them as they drive home, keep us till it's time to meet again in Jesus' name. Let the church say, God bless you, I love you in the Lord, may God's blessings be upon you.